opening your Bibles uh, to 1 Timothy chapter 4. And I realize that 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus are generally understood as the pastoral epistles and that they are, um, they are for all of the Lord's people. Uh, but generally speaking, Paul geared that towards spiritual leadership. And so I would say don't think this morning that this is a strange, uh, you may think this, this is a strange text uh, to, to be reading for a, a baby dedication. Uh, but I think before we're done that hopefully uh, it will touch all of our hearts and that there will be something beneficial that we gain from our time here uh, being in the presence of the Lord. I don't know if you're aware, but about this time last year is whenever our world drastically changed. And uh, for about two months after this, I think it was the last Sunday in February of last year, and for about two months, uh, we were in this sanctuary with about 10 people. And, uh, and we were live streaming and all of that, I, I just want to just try to tell you this morning, you ought to value where you're at right now. Because it could be that we would be absent from corporate worship. And, and I just believe that every time we come to the house of the Lord, it ought to be a, a, an experience. And... Um, singing, praying, just give yourself to everything that takes place in, in our public worship services. Amen. I'd like to begin in verse 12, uh, or verse 13 rather. The Bible says there, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, neglect Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things and give thyself wholly to them, that by profiting, or that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Amen. Amen. One more time, let's ask the Lord to touch his word here this morning. Lord, I ask you today that you would let this word, Lord, and I have prayed this, Lord, so many times in the past. I don't want it to be redundant. I am sincere, Lord, in asking you this. But let your word, God, find good seed. Let it find, God, attentive and minds that are awake, Lord, to your word. I pray, Lord, today, God, help our minds to be gathered in. Help us, God, to resist, Lord, the temptation to let our minds wander, Lord, for the next 30 minutes or so. Your word, God, calls us to be stimulated encouraged, and even convicted. I pray, Lord, that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you, I guess to you, I won't 
perhaps to narrow it down, and I'm going to preach to two people this morning, and uh, that's Brother Josh and Sister Emily. The rest of you are just along for the ride, uh, but I pray that the Lord would would take that, uh, and I'm going to use for a title, Continue in These Things. Uh, little Luke Owen Sibley uh, has arrived, and uh, it took him, a, again, it did take him a little while to get here, uh, but he's here, and we're thankful for that. And I was thinking about Josh and Emily's, forgive me for calling you by your first name, um, I was thinking about both of them as I was putting some of my thoughts together, and, and both of you have been around the church for all of your lives. And you have a very rich heritage. And I will say that as you get more into this, that that heritage is going to become even more important, not only to you, but to little Luke. And there are factors, I believe, that, that contribute to God's work this morning in your life. He, he, God didn't start working this morning uh, he's been working for a while, and he will continue to work in uh, your life. Your relationships that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ, with that that you have with his word and that that you have with prayer, uh, they are going to continue to be very important in uh, your life. Your marriage is going to be a very important matter, and then your family, and then I would say your church, and finally your world. And so there is this text that we read here this morning. It's an ancient text. It was written well over 1,900 years ago. If we had just another 40 years or so, we could say that this text was written somewhere around 2,000 years ago. We're not quite there, somewhere around 63, 64, maybe 65 A.D. is when Paul wrote these words to Timothy whenever he was pastoring there at that church in Ephesus. It's an ancient text, but it's very current for us today. If you look at this, this passage here in this segment that we read, there are some, some verbs that leap out to us. There is that part about being diligent and to give yourself wholly to these things. Watch your life and watch your doctrine and you are to persevere in them and you are to save yourself and those that hear what you have to say. I believe that all of us here this morning that we have a voice that needs to be heard. You don't need to just hear the voice of a pastor, the voice of a bishop, but you literally need to hear, they literally need to hear your voice and your voice needs to be clean and proper and pure. I look to Psalm 139 in verse 23 and the Bible says there, search me, O God, and know my heart and try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting. There's going to be a part where that, that all of us need to make sure that the Lord is a constant God that searches and tries 
our thoughts and that he analyzes our lives because it is going to help us to be led to that way everlasting. God, search me, know me. Peer inside of my mind and my spirit and, and take a look at who I am and what I am about. I would say this, that you mean to make sure that you don't allow the, the wheels of your life to get into places where that they are spinning, but there is no traction that is involved in that. And, and most of us, that we have to, have to admit that perhaps when you get to middle age, if there is not a constant battle on the inside of yourself, then there can be a spinning and a place of no traction that your life is kind of just an existence where that you're going along and you are doing the Monday through Friday nine to five and you're you're taking care of this need and that need and the other and after a while if there is not a God consciousness about your life then you have to know that your relationship with God will begin to to uh, it, it'll begin you'll begin to get lukewarm and and there will be a tendency toward cooling off in your relationship with God. And so for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about uh, Josh and Emily, about some things that will help you to be resilient. Uh, that will, will help you to realize that, that there are things that you must do constantly in your walk with God. And uh, I, the first thing that we have to say is this, is that simply talking about it is not going to get it. You have to pursue it daily. And so we look at it like that, that talk is not enough. You've heard people say that before, that they talk about doing it and they decide that they may do it, but there is never any action that goes along with the talk that they have. And so Paul writes to Timothy here. He said, Timothy, he said, you must watch your life and your doctrine closely. There has to be an observation that you have to be honest with yourself. Is my exposure to the word of the Lord what it needs to be? Is my exposure to prayer what it should be? Am I attending the house of God faithfully as I should be? Talk is not enough. We have to say that we are going to be neck deep involved in every bit of this. Yet last week, uh, I was over at, uh, we were doing some cleanup around the church and and uh, I was carrying some some wet wood is what it was and and uh, I I kind of had my both arms full and and uh, you know how when you're carrying wet wood you don't want to get all that stuff on you but I had all that stuff on me and and I was walking around the back side of that church there and uh, and uh, again just kind of a wave of emotion swept over me and I thought about how much of my life has been spent right here uh, at this at these premises and I know that we have a new sanctuary here but so much of my life has been spent right here on the corner of the Cottonwood Road 
Road and, and Coderi Road. I cannot tell you how many times that I have been here for youth events and work days and, and uh, She's for Christ events and then um, even more importantly are spiritual events and prayer and, and letting the Lord touch my life even long before I ever began to preach. And I want to just encourage not only Josh and Emily but every one of us here today that this piece of property is the most important and valuable property that is in the city of Dothan, Alabama because it is at this place that you interact with God in a public way and in a corporate manner where that you come in and you are involved in the house of God and I certainly am not minimizing your times of private prayer and private worship but I am anchored to this place and, and I have to tell you that, that I'm thankful to my parents and I'm thankful to my in-laws and even Sister Patterson that has already gone to her reward that they anchored me to a place and so Josh and Emily and, and uh, even Brother and Sister Lavellis even though they're not here in this area but, but certainly the Kovacs that are here that we've got to make sure that it's more than just talk that we've got little Luke anchored into this property right here so that the Lord can work and do things in his in his life there are some people that try to focus in on change in the world and the reason that they do that is because they cannot change themselves but if you will change yourself you will change the world that is around you and I am pleading with all of us here today that, that we are racing toward the coming of the Lord and if that's the case then there can't be a minute or an hour or a day that's wasted in any of our lives. <laughs> Just a few weeks ago, and, and Brother Josh, I, I don't think I'll embarrass you when I tell you. I, I should have asked you for permission, uh, but just a few days ago, uh, Brother Josh got over here, and, and I'm he was he was in tears. And uh, I've seen him in tears a lot of times in spiritual times, but I never... Uh, see Brother Josh too much in tears. In fact, I don't know that I've ever seen him in tears outside of this. And I mean, he was he was worked up. He was breathless. He was he was upset because he had lost his dad's Bible. And uh, what had happened was it had gotten they he, he it was his fault. Okay, he's the one that misplaced it. Uh, they had a meeting on Wednesday night after church, and he took it back in to the hyphen classroom, and he left uh, that Bible in there, but he couldn't find it, and he turned his house upside down and drove all over where he thought that it might have been, and there was something about it that he had a feeling for that Word of God. And I know it's just a book, per se, that is physical, but there ought to be something about that that's translated into the lives of every one of us that we love God and we love his word and we love his kingdom that we're going to deposit those kinds of things not only into our children but into our grandchildren. 
I'm, I'm fighting the clock here this morning, but I heard another wonderful illustration this morning, and uh, Brother Sims has helped me with this one. They had a, a nanny goat to die, and, and that goat died here just a few days ago, and, and uh, Brother Sims told me there was weeping and wailing at the house. He said, I'll tell you what, I was, thought I was surrounded by a bunch of crazy folks. He said, Jeremiah's crying, Jonah's crying, Wyatt is crying because this, this goat has died and they're concerned about the eternal destiny of a goat. I, I want to tell you this. Those kids picked up on more at church than what you think. And I know us as adults, we may think that that's kind of humorous about that. But listen to me. We've got to connect with our children and let them know there is an eternal soul that is going to live somewhere, someday. It is important that our children grasp the importance of a spiritual relationship with the Lord. Children have a unique way of showing us our flaws that we have. You'll, you'll find that out, Brother Josh and Sister Emily. The second thing uh, that I would point out, first of all, talk is not enough. The second thing is this, if you're going to be resilient in that, it is a demanding matter. In fact, much of it is done in secret, and it, ha it can be very humbling. And so the second thing that I would tell you about being resilient in being a parent is this, it is demanding. It's the most demanding job that you will ever have. And I, I know that there are times where that we put great emphasis on whatever secular job that we are involved in, but the one that is the most important and the one that is the most demanding is what is taking place right there in your home and you can never afford to neglect your responsibility as a parent. After a while, here's what we have to understand is there's not going to be anybody cheering you on. Five years from now, this baby dedication service will have been forgotten. Ten years, it will have been forgotten. So how do we have a remedy beyond that? We do it every day. We can't take days off as parents, especially as godly parents. We've got to make sure that we're doing everything we can to put things into their hearts hearts and into their lives and into their spirits. And I'm going to tell you, life becomes frantic and you begin to move into to the chaos of trying to get everybody something to eat and trying to get everybody through their bath and try to get everybody wound down for the night and try to get lunches situated for the next day and try to get clothes laid out for school for the next day. And there's times as parents, you may feel like that that your tongue is hanging out because it can be a very demanding job. But keep this in your mind that those children, that they are on loan from you, from the Lord. It's, it's just like the text that I read out of 1 Samuel that, that here's what Hannah says. Hannah said, I'm going to bring him back to you. I'm going to lend him to the temple. I'm going to loan him to God. I would say that's a little bit backwards because what God does is he puts those children in our homes so that they are on loan from us or to us. 
Justin and Nathan and Lauren, God loaned them to Teresa and I so that we could raise them. And we have to realize that in this demanding task that we have, that there are very important matters that we have to keep in our hearts. I want to, I want to read to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. The Bible says, and again, familiar scripture, I think to the majority of you here this morning. But the Bible says in verse 24, 1 Corinthians 9, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we and incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. We have to make sure that this demanding task that we have as parents, that we do not take shortcuts that we make sure that we run with everything inside of us. It is so demanding that it is a lifelong matter. In fact, for those of you that have children that have uh, grown up and have left the home, which is a good thing, that they, that they don't hang around there and stay around there for all those years, but that they do leave the home and and uh, but but here's what you have found out that even after that they have left the home that your parenting continues to go on. There's still some input I believe that you ought to have as parents into their lives, and then certainly as as grandparents uh, that there should be some input. And then uh, now in our case, it's great grandparents, and my parents are are investing in my grandchildren. There's something about it that we ought to keep in mind about Anna in Luke chapter 2 verses 36 and 37. Here is what the scripture says about Anna. It says she never left the temple but she worshiped night and day fasting and praying. I, I want to just tell you church that your children learn from your patterns and your habits and your behaviors. I've thought about this here even recently, and if you sometimes think as a pastor, I badger and bother you about certain matters. It's because that now I'm looking back at some of the situations in that took place in my life 40 years ago, 41, 42 years perhaps ago. There was an individual here that was in this church, and I used to used to marvel at him as as a smart aleck teenager. Okay, I didn't. My parents didn't know I was a smart aleck teenager because I kept it hidden from them. But there's just a tendency about you when you get to be a teenager, you get uh, to be a smart aleck. And, and I know this is so archaic and ancient, but my dad had a wonderful uh, 
plan for, for smart aleck kids, and, and I won't go into it, but it, it had a little pain that was involved uh, with that. But, but I used to sit there, and I used to watch. That there was this, I mean, it was absolutely stunning that if you ever got the mic in this person's hand, it, it was almost like a whirlwind from heaven was about to come down and was about to take Elijah up in a fiery chariot and move him out of this world. But here's what I know that whenever the mic was not in that person's hand, they were a spiritual deadhead. I used to marvel at that. I thought, wow, that's pretty incredible about how the anointing can rest on that person whenever they're front and center, but whenever everything else is kind of going on in the background, they're about as dead and... and uh, you, you get the picture, so I need to move on before I... I get in too much trouble here but but listen to me parents when you walk in this house there's got to be an engagement that you have we are a Pentecostal church which means that we ought to actively worship the Lord whether we clap our hands whether we lift our hands whether we stand up because here's what you have to realize that your children are paying attention to the habits that you have in your life and I can also tell you this if you're one thing at church and you're something else at home you let those kids to be later in their years they're going to eject and they're going to bail out you know why it's because they sense that there is something that is not real about mom and dad's life come on church we need an apostolic outpouring we need a revival to get parents to get great grandparents to get great grandparents because there is something that we are passing down to the oncoming generation. It is demanding. It's challenging. But our world is moving in the wrong direction. Our world is moving in the wrong direction and the fear is, is that when the church begins to look like the world, then that can be a challenge for every one of us here in this place. There's something about it that again is a great distress in pastoral ministry and that's this, is to... <coughs> observe people that that in their spiritual walk and in their spiritual relationship that they began to digress after 10 or 20 or even 30 years as they walk it out. I want to tell you, Josh and Emily, what you're doing here today is demanding, but if you stay with the task, there are some things that God will help you to deposit in little Luke's life. I don't know if there's others that are coming, maybe so maybe not but there ought to be a part that you say I've got to get everything I can into my child's life and then the third thing and this is the last that I would bring to your mind here this morning is that the pursuit of resilience in being a parent is a long term investment first of all it's got to be more than just talk secondly it's demanding and then the last thing, it's a long-term investment. If I was to tell you to go outside today and take a look at a tree and tell you, say, all right, what I want you to do is I want you to look at that tree and then I want you to determine whether or not it's growing tomorrow. You don't, you're not able to tell that a tree is going to grow in one day. 
You may not even be able to tell that that tree is going to grow in in, uh, a year. But if you go back and you observe that tree in a decade, I want you just to watch those, those, uh, those evergreen, whatever they're called, those big deals that we put along our back property line. I want you to pay attention to those because those things are growing they're taller than they were a year and a half ago. They're, they're increasingly, but you don't notice it so much on a daily basis. But listen, if the Lord tarries within five years' time, those evergreens are going to be grown up uh, to 12, 15 feet in, uh, uh, above the ground. If we're here long enough, there'll be a time where they're going to approach even 20 or 25 feet, but that does not take place overnight. And that's why our relationship with God is daily. It's a daily prayer meeting. It's a revival, a, a prayer revival that comes around once a month. But you know what? If you come to all of them over the course of a year's time, there's going to be 12 prayer revivals that you've got under your belt. If you show up to the house of the Lord, there's going to be an opportunity for you to make some forward progress in your life. My very good friend, Pastor Wayne Naylor in Danville, Kentucky. His mother-in-law just passed away here just a few weeks ago. And uh, she had polycythema vera. And uh, she struggled with that for a number of years. And she finally passed away at the age of 64 years old. Brother Naylor was telling me that that uh, he told his father-in-law, he said, I, I want to take a look uh, at Marcia's Bible. And so she had a Bible that she had been using since she was the age of 30 uh, years old. And uh, he started looking through that Bible. And, and here's what he found out, that in the front cover of her Bible, she would write down every time that she read through her Bible. By the time that she had reached 64 years old, she had read her Bible through 91 times, which means that she was averaging right at three times a year for her to read the Word of the Lord. He, he, he also talked to me about his father, uh, Brother Elder Naylor and uh, Brother not Ronald Naylor and he said I've got my dad's Bible and he said my dad did the same thing in his Bible. He said I got to looking through my dad's Bible. He said my dad was averaging reading through the New Testament once a month he said there was something about it that he said I wondered sometimes as a kid and even as a 20 or 30 year old man he said how in the world my dad knows so much about the word of the Lord but when you're reading the New Testament through once a month or when you're reading the Bible through three times a year trust me there are going to be things that comes out of that that you're going to add to your life that you may not notice a day a week or a month but that long term investment is going to make a difference. And every prayer that you pray, Brother Josh and Sister Emily in Revelation 5, it's bottled up. There's a record that goes there. And if you prayed for little Luke before he ever got here, the Lord has a record of those prayers as well. There ever needed to be a generation of parents that were interested in prayer and the ministry of the word. We need it now for the sake of our children and the sake of our grandchildren. And so I want to encourage you here today for you to continue, just to continue in these things. 
Because by walking them out in a disciplined approach, that the Lord can do great things in your heart and in your life. I want us to stand here this morning. I wrote this down in several of my Bibles a number of, of years ago. And it's this, that 90% of inspiration is perspiration, sweat. It's, it's showing up when you could be somewhere else. It's being faithful to God when you could be distracted with other things. It's being loyal to the Lord when it's inconvenient. When it would be easier just to say, well, there's somebody else that will help. There's somebody else that will be involved. There's somebody else that will pick up and fit and do what I am supposed to do. But here's what we don't realize is in James 4 that our lives, they're just a vapor. And you'll blink your eyes and they'll be doing their first little Christmas concert. You'll blink your eyes and they're graduating from kindergarten. You'll blink your eyes and they're moving out of the sixth grade into middle school. You'll blink your eyes, they're moving out of middle school, they're going to high school. You'll blink your eyes, they're graduating from high school. Then they're graduating from college and then... They've got jobs, and then they're married, and then they have children. That's how rapidly that your life goes. And I just want to tell you again, what you're doing here this morning has great eternal value. Oh, it's just another, it's just another service. You know, Brother, Brother Patterson... I noticed this about Brother Patterson this morning when I was listening to him teach that Sunday school lesson. There, there is no other preacher preached more to me than R.V. Joe Patterson. And I was listening to Brother Patterson teach this morning. And I thought to myself, you know, Brother Patterson's voice is just kind of it's kind of hoarse. 85 years old. And his, his voice is, doesn't have that vigor and strength that it had when he was in his 40s and his 50s. Listen to my dad lead us in singing. Don't have the strength and energy that he had when he was in his 40s and 50s. But dear God in heaven, the deposit that those two men have dropped over into my life. And slowly time will cause one of them or cause somebody else to step up 
Look at Brother John Butler. Gray-headed now. 40 years ago, 35 years ago. John Butler, Gary Butler, Mike Patterson and myself have tennis rackets in our cars after church and we jump cars and run off down to Rip Hugh Stadium and play tennis till the lights went off at midnight. And now John Butler's starting to step in the role of an elder here in this church. Investment. Brother Mullen said something to me last Sunday night. Health is starting to catch up with, with, with both of us. And we're marching and we're moving. Robert Redden come over to me the other night. Got me in a bear hug. I love you, Brother Philip. I said, I know you do, Brother Robert. But I look at Robert Redden, and he don't have the weight that he used to have. The years are catching up. But it's been more than talk with these men that I've mentioned here today. It's been more than just that. And there's a lot of others that I could call your name out as well. I'm speaking about primarily the, those that were here whenever I was a kid. There's others of you, Brother Paul Eisler, Brother Mills, that, that age is catching up. But what's taking place is there's been a long-term investment. And we deposit. And we move we pray and we worship so when Luke gets to be five and he looks up there's some elders that he can say those are honest men they're not hypocrites they love God they provide stability to my life when he gets to be a smart aleck teenager we're going to pray with him we're going to encourage him we're going to help him when he gets into his 20s and starts making decisions, he'll come and talk to some of us. And it is crucial that we continue in these things. I want to pray for you. I pray for you privately. I'm going to pray for you publicly. Oh, our Lord Jesus Christ. This is your church. It's not my church. It's not Brother Patterson's church. Lord, this is your church. I plead with you today that somehow, Lord, that you would impress on all of us the need, God, of our homes being godly and that, Lord, that you are the very priority of our lives. I ask you, Lord, today that you help us to continue in these things. The finish line, oh, it's in sight, Lord. 
Help us, God, to faithfully, Lord, press on to the end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to step out of your, your rows there, and I just invite you down to the altar here this morning. Maybe you just want to lift your hands to the Lord and just say, Lord, I need to be a good father. I need to be a good mother.